Hello, everyone. This is Naziati Mohamed Yaakob, and I'm very happy to welcome Paul Nixon Atia um, in this interview podcast under the title Architects are Artists. And even so, here you have Paul Nixon Atia, who's an example of both an architect uh, who's dealing with architecture education. And I don't know what else he's doing in architecture. And also, <laughs> he has done art, uh, an artistic pursuit. In fact, uh, a solo exhibition on his art uh, yep. uh, in the last year and still doing it. So without further ado, I'd like um, Paul to introduce uh, yourself. Uh, you are my former student. And I'm really excited to know what happened since you left uh University Malaya and um, what are you currently doing now and stuff like that. Go on, Paul. Okay. Hi. Uh, good morning, Dr. Nazati, and hi everyone who's listening. Um, my name is Paul Nixon Atia. Uh, I'm 29 years old today. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday uh, there. Thank you. <laughs> Very thank good you. indeed. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a little bit about myself. I'm a native Sarawakian of Bidayu, uh, from Kuching. Uh, I graduated in Bachelor of Science in Architecture from University of Malaya uh, in 2014. And, and then I went to practice in a local firm and while also teaching uh, part-time at the same time uh, at Tellers. And now I'm a full-time artist and a part-time uh, tutor or lecturer uh, teaching at Taylor's College, um, teaching design thinking and also introduction to special design. Um, I think this, I'm, I'm going into my third year of practicing uh, doing full-time artist. As a full-time artist, um, I had my first solo uh, at Rumah Lukis with architect Pital, actually. So that was uh, in 2018. So it's called Jari Belari at Rumah Lukis. So basically just talking about my sketches, lah. Um, what I've done throughout my uni days up until I, after I left unis. And then only I had my form of prayers at Resim. So that was fully um, work on canvas. So that was my first. Lah. Yeah. Now I have an ongoing exhibition um, under... Japan Foundation Kuala Lumpur program, curatorial program. Uh, it's called May We. We're talking about May 13, actually, the, the incident, the May 13 incident, the racial riot in 69. Yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from that, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, That's practicing great. both art and architecture. Yeah. Okay. You're a full time artist and part time architectural educationist. I get it now. So, this is yeah. where you are now. And is it going to be like that all the time? What are you seeing? What are you thinking about your? Do you think about only the next year or the, the you know, next two years or the next five years? You're not thinking ahead or see what happens. What is your attitude to mm. your career now? Um, to be honest, um, architecture was my first love, and then is will always be uh, because I remember there has always been the dream, even when I was still very small. 
I wanted to be an architect. <laughs> but then uh, when I got into architecture and then went on practicing for for a year, and I think the transition towards um, um, more artistic practice uh, is probably because I want to just um, diversify the, the discipline, um, at least for me. Yeah. And then, I don't know, when I first had my exhibition with uh, Architect Pital at Rumah Lukis, and then at that point of time, I was still keen on doing my part two, actually. So that was in 2017, 2018. And then towards the end of the show, and then I realized, I think uh, I want to do, I, I don't want to do um, part two yet. I don't know, but now my 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 interests are more leaning towards like anthropology, and then I would love to if I were to take my uh, do my masters in history of art and architecture. Actually, yeah, yeah. We so, had this conversation guess, with uh, Lopez Yen uh, in her big mm-hmm. interview, where she because she mentioned that she couldn't have a topic yet for her masters. And mm, and then mm. it went to you don't have to do it in architecture school you can do it in 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 another discipline like anthropology or sociology or you could mm. do it in architecture school but there are the pros and cons obviously the, all the nitty gritty details but what I'm interested mm-hmm. in is that after your Jari Balari um, at Roma Lucas uh, stint in 2018 and you went into the 2019 you did some work and. And mm-hmm. um, it's perhaps is is uh, rightly so. The form of prayers in men at many levels. I'm interested with the form of prayers because yeah. Um, yeah. I did a, a for my design thesis. I did a, a Quranic Studies Institute, and I was into Sufism and and mm-hmm. Islam a lot. I was reading a lot. So, and I actually um, unfortunately I couldn't go to your exhibition, but I wish that I will get to, you know, see some of your work still yeah. on, on the form of prayers, um, work on canvas, um, where it looks like patterns. You were dealing with, at the end, I was looking at there are a lot of patterns and architecture yeah. deals with patterns. In fact, they were saying that architecture is more like music. I know that you're also into music because of volume, rhythm, patterns, you know, rather than yeah. art installation or objectifying so, because you could have gone anywhere, you know, from sketching and you went into patterns. Talk, uh, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about um, what inspired you to do forms of prayers and how is it connected to architecture or what you have learned in architecture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the foundation of that series itself, it's called, it's called an obsession or obsessive, actually. I started that term, you know, to sign or mark my sketches back, you know, ever since I was in my first year, actually. So when I'm kind of lost, you know, drawing my section, trying to resolve it. So what I would do is I would draw a lot of human figures sitting down, running, standing, climbing, and then I'll just put obsessive or obsession, you know, to mark it, basically to sign it like my, my signature at that point of time. So it, it went on for a very long time up until my final year, actually, because um, I always loved manual drawings, which uh, I, you know, throughout my degree, my part one, 
um, everything was uh, manually uh, done, hand-drawn, and then up until my final year, lah. That's when I start to, uh, you know, do a hybrid between uh, digital and manual. But anyway, so I would normally draw grades, uh, just grades, just playing around, you know, um, when I have trouble trying to resolve my section, my section that, that work, you know, in a way. And that was actually the foundation of my, uh, the form of prayers or the obsession series, actually. And then because I'm not, Train, you know, I don't have the technical, I would say, technical skills of being a painter or drawing human figures, all this uh, intricate, um, fine artist uh, practice. Can then what I, I I thought to myself that this is the only skills that I can actually show showcase like that that persistence of keep on repeating the same thing. But then again, form of praise is almost a. Um, what I had first in mind was actually zikir. Actually, uh, it's a concept of zikir, uh, remembrance, and also homage towards the act of praying itself. So they are all hand painted manually, one by one. So uh, the biggest one was fourteen feet by five feet. So that's the size of uh, one of the works that I did for formal prayers. And then everything was just uh, patterns of squares. Actually, and then towards the end, the 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 pattern sort of sort of you know, became more ap- um, apparent because of the intensity of the ink, and that that is on the technical side lah. I would say, uh, but yeah. So it gives. Yeah. I was to yeah. To be honest, at that point of time, I was in my I would say the lowest point of my life. Yeah, so many things happen at that time. You yeah. know, the anxiety starts to uh, started to kick in. You know that sort of thing. But they, that 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 act of painting actually, I would say, um, give me some sort of control and routine. And then I would say very therapeutic. Uh, therapeutic. Um, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's an sound. exact yeah. word that I was yeah. thinking at the same mm-hmm. time that you were saying art mm. as therapy. Because yeah, yeah. They do that in 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 uh, psychiatry, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But then yeah. looking back at some of these aspects of um, uh, in a stressful situation, we need to meditate, mm. and uh, uh, the when we meditate um, upon or just being mindful of our mm-hmm. present state, because our mind is racing, and so yeah, I could imagine true. when you were in first year. Uh, the lecturer is saying submit at a certain time and you need to, you are stressful and you need to yeah. sort of meditate in a way. I, I I look at it as some drawing the obsession or mm-hmm. like um, similar to uh, a meditation because you were talking about Zikir as well. And yeah. these yeah. are the state of mind, really. When we talk yeah. about mm, a form of prayers, um, it is uh, in a sense... Um, the actions that has been done in the world and we felt much unjustified or unfair mm-hmm. or stressful, you know? Yeah. And then we we fall to, uh, um, we need to come to a balanced state of mind where being mindful and being meditative, it is a good sort of workout. I think your, your form of praise is a form of workout and you being an mm-hmm. artist, you manage to express it. Uh, and and it became an exhibition that's good for you. 
Um, Thank you. Uh, I'm Thank sure you. there are many things, uh, and, and the themes. That I, I believe you're a Catholic. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. am. So am. you yeah. have your um, uh, monastic traditions, like uh, Islam, mm -hmm. Christian, and Jew, Jewish. Yes. Um, you know, we we have this this prayers and then um, and okay when this this uh, you mentioned about how architecture. Uh, they they seems to be seamless when you were talking about architecture and art there. You know, as an architecture mm -hmm. student, seamless. Yeah, this there wasn't a sense of that architecture is architecture, art is art. It seems that yes, yes, it comes from you. Yeah, so you're not doing. Are you doing any architectural project now? And uh, yes, I do. I have an ongoing project uh, back in my hometown. So. I helped design my kampung's church, church actually, and then it's um, the church is uh, called Saint Saint Paul. Saint, oh, Saint Paul. Paul. Yes, and okay. then to be honest, I was actually named after that church itself. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My name Paul. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually uh, from that church itself because uh, um, I would say my great grandfather. Were like you know one of the founding uh, founding member of that uh, church and then among the earliest uh, I would say people in that my, in that area to um, embrace Christianity Catholic yeah so they started the, the the Catholic Church yeah so how do you my, get the commission and tell us a bit of background regarding uh, what's going on with the church design and uh, mm -hmm. um, what are you looking forward to be involved with this uh, village church or kampong church? Mm. Because I think that has always been my dream, you know, to design to design a church. Uh, up until now, my interest or my love towards architecture has never gotten any lesser or what. It has always been like that. Yeah, uh, I always enjoy. I still scroll through uh, the zine, la, all this art daily. I still, you know, look. Um, you know, um, try to understand or maybe, you know, update myself on on the architecture punya um, issues or anything. And uh, yeah, I help in terms of this design schematic and also I would say the concept lah, the, the the layout of the church and uh, and then we have our project manager uh, or project um, architect who actually you know uh overseeing the project um so uh the the, so, the concept was i don't know if concept is the the the, the, the right word or maybe the intention lah. because uh i've always loved landscape or garden you know uh i'm quoting uh peter zumto right here um he said nature or garden is as it is like it has to be to be in a way you let let them grow naturally i would say nurture in a way and um most of the time land, people will look at garden or landscape as secondary uh you know once they're done the building oh, okay let's just you know add here and there you know to soften the hard age and um you know that kind of thing but this time around instead of looking at it as uh like garden in a church so i'll try to build church in a garden lah. so basically that's the intention or the idea behind that church that i'm designing um at least yeah 
That's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. Our friend Geraldine in the design thesis, she she mm. had this forest next to the prayer hall in her uh, Catholic church that she as a mm. Protestant built a uh, design. <laughs> so, mm. so in the design thesis, um, uh, looking into forest and garden, and also mm-hmm. garden in the church, church in the garden. Yes, um, mm. this this this. We are looking forward to actually um, uh, hearing more about your um, when it's built and when it's experienced by the um, the um, uh, the the church uh, congregation later. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. this uh, design is, and um, it seems uh, natural to have. Um, I mean, I don't know how kampong, but it's a kampong means there's a lot of green. There's a lot of forests all around it, I assume. So it's natural that you considered um, l- landscape in that way um, or yeah. the natural environment to be part of the built environment. We That's mm-hmm. really looking forward to. That goes into the question about um, what we have been talking about, you know, um, uh, your, you still at it with architecture and that, that level of, commitment and interest is still there. Um, under this topic of architects are artists, it seems that your we when we discuss, we're very much in the camp where architects yeah. are artists first, scientists second. Mm-hmm. Now there are people mm-hmm. who think that architects are scientists with a artistic flair or something. You know, artistic mm-hmm. nature is something secondary or Put a little bit touch, a little bit color, or a little bit here and there. Do you have any yeah. comments about this uh, philosophy? Because your philosophy, I'm clear about your philosophy. Do you have any comment about other philosophies and and why you've taken your philosophy of uh, architects? I'm assuming that architects are artists because you are <laughs> yeah. the example of architects. <laughs> Architect is <laughs> an artist, you know. You're the example, and. Uh, and the people who are not really nampa, not clear that that stand, but they also assume that that is important, like uh, Miss Amna did in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. So what about your take on this? I think um, at the end of the day, uh, to be honest, um, they still deal with um, the main concept, or or I would say the byproduct, lah, yeah, of this uh, two different. I would say not to say two. Of too much of a difference, but uh, at the end of the day, it goes back to the whole idea of that byproduct itself. I mean, we have to create something in a way, architecture, the tangible, and also um, artists, they still produce tangible stuff like object, you know, physical stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, it's about that softness and hardness. I think uh, um, I like how Kevin Maklau put it. You know, in, in, in his small projects, uh, he has that content write up about uh, uh, the softness and hardness of it. So obviously, the hardness we're talking about the physical, uh, physical, the tangible. Like uh, for architecture, is the building, and for art, it is it could be the painting, the sculpture. But then the softness, softness bit is actually um, like a much more complex uh, things to talk about. I mean, to be able to achieve it, it's not as easy as the the, the, the hardness part, the tangible part. So I believe uh, that mm. these two disciplines, you know, 
the 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 OS or operating system is basically the same. The practice, all right? They they they. It's just the difference would be would come in terms of the approach, lah. Yeah. So that 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 would be my 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 take on that, lah. Yeah. It's good that you mentioned the- uh, practice because that will make me think mm. about theory. Everything mm, is mm. when you, and also you mentioned about Kevin Martlow because he is very much the scientist architect. Um, yeah. But he reads widely. And he's yeah. pro liberal arts and humanities. Yeah, you know the so the soft part is the humanities. I think the arts and humanities. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so I think um, if you chose him to be an example, and um, then he could be a good example about how the architect balance still mm-hmm. be the artist, although they're very much yeah. approaches to resolve or mm-hmm. the design problem. In a scientific yeah. way, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we we will we're now towards the end of our session, where you could. Um, is there anything that we you'd like to touch upon further, expand further what you've said, maybe mm. regarding the architect as artist or artist, yeah. or maybe um, an, a, any advice for student of architecture that you like. You know they're 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 much nearer to you than me in terms of age. They're in mm-hmm, the you mm-hmm. know they're five years younger than you, and you deal with them at Taylor's. That's yeah. that's one aspect that you could talk about. How uh, at Taylor's do you um, actually have you know they have learning outcome you have to follow, but what are the most important yeah. lessons that students of architecture need to 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 have uh, take you know mm-hmm, that you think mm-hmm. that they should have in the beginning of of uh, being an architecture student or eventually as an architect. Anything mm. else? Anything that you need yeah. to talk about? You, you could talk about. I think uh, there's this book that uh, I'm currently reading. Um, I'm not sure if you have heard of Low Tech by Julia Watson. Oh, Low Tech. That's huh? a very, yeah. And then it's called Radical Indigenous, Indigenous uh, Design. So that's very, very interesting because now I think the global narrative in terms of architecture or uh, built environment would actually really looking back into how, you know, this indigenous people, tribe, okay, um, their relationship with mother nature, I would say. So uh, Julia Watson is an Australian architect. Okay, but she does research on the indigenous uh, design. Yeah, I would say so. In that book, um, she she dissects, I would say, um, all this design by non-architect, like uh, non-architect, non, I would say non-architects uh, design lah, uh, non-architecture yes. uh, stuff. Yeah. So um, these are all done by 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 indigenous uh, people. Like say for example, how do you how do they actually uh, um, look at uh, the traditional houses and then what else in terms of their agriculture? So that's why my interest is not mainly building, as in you know you're building for for the commercial value of it, but to also look beyond that and how design when you put respect when you take care of that relationship w- with nature, okay? And then 
in terms of the sustainability, what else? Uh, sustainability of that design, you know, when, when we're talking about all this green design, we're too, I would say, um, lari. Yeah, yeah. So we're too like, oh, this, it has to follow this GBI, you know, high-tech, cutting-edge technology. And then we forget about our relationship with the mother nature itself. So I think that's what interesting, but uh, mm. um, with uh, Julia Watson, you know what she's trying to do with this uh, uh, her research law. and then also the speculative uh, design she was trying to understand because when talking about indigenous, um, we assume that they don't have not to say religion, they have belief system, but it's not the the main one, like the Christianity, Islam, or Judaism, this sort of thing, they have that. Uh, mostly their relationship or their belief system, their faith, uh, revolve around nature, uh, their understanding of nature and their relationship uh, with nature, obviously. So, and then it makes sense when you look their design. You look at their design. It's actually about. It, it's not about them. It's about that balance between them and also that modern nature itself. So that's the context. They established that intention first. So that's why their design sustained, I would say. Yeah. So because now we're looking at, I mean, like I, I, I read this article by one of the founder for the brand Braun. So, mm -hmm. and then um, she uh, he was delivering uh, a talk, I think it was in Munich. Or something so I can I can share with you the the articles. Uh, can you spell this. the brand prawn? Prawn. B R A U N. Brawn. Oh, brawn. Yes. Famous, yeah. Electronics. Uh, yeah. And then he uh he basically is retired at that, at that point of time, and then there was this one uh I think journalist asked him a question. Uh, what do you think of Elon Musk? You know, with the Tesla and everything, right? So I thought that was um I'm very impressed and quite amazed with his answer like what elon musk i'm not trying to discredit elon musk he's done a brilliant job with the the the, the, the innovations and stuff but his response was perhaps elon musk was not asking the right question he still maybe it's not about cars it's about the transport system itself this transportation system mm -hmm. that you should really look into because if you're building all this, because just recently Elon Musk uh, revealed that 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 concept and, and of or plan where you have that underground, uh, like a I would say road underground I don't tunnel where you can just you know when you buy uh, one of the Tesla's uh, cars and then you know you have your own hub and everything that has it has its own system. And then you don't have to drive. So what's the difference between, you know, riding a train or a tram as compared to that? You still have to buy that car. So perhaps it's not about the car itself. It's about that transportation system. So I thought, you know, it keeps me uh, thinking la, that uh, that reply from uh, Braun. No, I forgot um, his name. Um, yeah, the, so the founder but, uh, of yeah, Braun. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, yeah. a good clue there for me to go and pursue that uh, point. But what what uh, made me excited was you you um, mentioned about uh, when he uh, when this uh, Braun founder said 
uh, Elon Musk did not ask the right question. Is this something hmm. that you learned the second year with Kevin Matlow and us? Or yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Dr. Nazati, um, <laughs> I think second year was the best year of my architecture education. How to say? <laughs> I learned a lot, ton of things from uh, from you, uh, Kevin. Amna was my tutor. Yes, yes. I was in her unit. I remember that one time when that we did the the Penang project. I remember, uh, uh, she mentioned mentioned something about Zaha Hadid as well, uh, where um, her tutor locked her in a room to just keep on producing. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'm I'm not uh, said something about that. We should have locked you me. in the room. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was it was me, Patient, uh, Emilia, Anida, and also Amalina at that that time. So we were. We were not productive enough. We, we were thinking too much and then we did not produce enough for Intrim. Yeah. So I thought that was uh, quite an interesting, uh, I would say a very memorable experience. Lah. Yeah. But yeah, second year, it was, there was this one time when we did the Penang uh, trip, right? Yeah. So me, Emilia and Emilia was walking down uh, Armenian Street. So we just uh, went to see the, the flea market uh, across the Sun Yat-sen, right? The Taman, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a park uh, at the end of the Armenian street. And then we stumbled upon uh, Kevin at that time. So so it's just me and uh, Emilia. And then we went to Kevin's uh, hostel or uh, boutique hotel. So he was just talking about... And then he mentioned this uh, uh, one thing that I... Up until today that I remember... He mentioned something about something so simple. Uh, when you look at the um, design of a building, right? So at the end of the day, it's about how you respond to the climate. He mentioned that you have to understand the rain, the sunlight, get the wind. That's all you need. And then I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really understand it at that at that at that time because I was still in my second year, still you know trying to explore all this, trying to understand the whole thing. But then he mentioned something about you know you look at the groove line, the facade treatment, you know the drop and everything. I didn't realize that until just recently I was riding my bike, you know, and then you know around my 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 house right now, so the neighborhood, and then I saw a few different design of building some with you know long uh overhang and then there are some that is just very modern it's just squares flat roof you know from uh not to say flat roof they still have some some sort of pitch to it but uh, from the facade treatment uh from the external facade it looks just like a square and then i look at the building's condition and then i can see that you know the facade of that square building because they don't have any overhang or, or uh, yeah, overhang, lah, I would say. And then it looks it looks ugly. I mean, ugly in the sense that you can see water stain, you know, from the rain and everything. While the one with the long overhang, they're super clean, even though they're white. So I think that's when I realized, it struck me. So so I, I, I it, it brought me back to that whole conversation that I had with uh, me and Media and Amelia had with uh, Kevin uh, about the understanding of that. It's that simple, but if you put enough attention to that, even the teeniest detail, I think 
you know, at least you will come up with something that you are, I would say, um, contextually well designed. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> before we you you end up with with any words for to conclude uh, this session, yeah. um, I like to take a note that uh, when when um, I, we were doing design thesis with Kevin Maclow, I reminded the students mm. that um, if ever there is a point when um, you would like advice from Kevin and really, mm. really uh, get input from Kevin, is the last yeah. part. The last part of the design thesis where they do the detailed design. Mm. Because a lot you're going to learn and then how mm -hmm. it connects back to the design problem that you articulate at the beginning. So yeah. the, it could be a complex building, you know, um, yeah. uh, not just a, a simple building. And, um, uh, and uh, before I leave it up to you to give some conclusion, conclusion remarks, um, this uh, low tech uh, that you mentioned about the indigenous uh, people, um, you know that Ang Wing Xia of WHBC, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the beginning, she did a toilet for um, uh, in, in, in Borneo, I think probably, probably in Sarawak, where yeah. she, as a community architect, you know, when we talk about community architect, uh, you know, where we go, it's much, much more felt when it is with indigenous people because you don't want to like impose on them. You have to follow this way. You have, it's actually trying to, to, have a dialogue and come up yeah. with solutions that, um, you know, there is a learning process to everybody, you know, um, and they can learn something new, how to mm -hmm. do a septic mm -hmm. tank uh, or yeah. something new, which is their septic tank, not our septic tank. You know what I mean? Maybe the principles exactly. of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there could be another conversation in the future mm. where we could talk about uh, working with community, uh, the community, because you are doing that kampong church. But mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah. at this point in this podcast, maybe you'd like to to have some conclusion remarks about architects uh, or, or artists, or perhaps uh, on your personal note, what 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 uh, you think is the most important thing, to, the lesson to be learned, you know, the most important lesson to be learned yeah. at this point <laughs> in your life, which... Uh, is you like to leave us with? Yeah, I, I think my training um, influenced, I would say perhaps 75%, my training as a, uh, you know, in architecture school, um, influenced, I would say 75% of uh, my, my, in terms of uh, how, how I would approach my art, I would say, uh, in terms of whether it's painting, drawing, sketches, or even photography, um, because of what we learn in architecture school. That's because you you we are trained as problem solver, you know, to 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 ask question. I mean, technicality is one side of it. I mean, like uh, obviously you have to be, um, you know, like technically uh, well versed, you know, to produce a painting, say for example, but. I guess that's secondary. It's it's the intention of producing that. What do you want to address? You know, these are the, all the things that like SWOT analysis, <laughs> even though I've never done my thesis, uh, but then I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, 
talking to Amal at that time uh, was Anida who else uh, Izas uh, Faiz you know so I went to visit them in the uh, I had a glimpse lah of of, of how uh, part two or thesis uh, life is like was like yeah at that, at that point so I think you know for those uh, um, any students who are listening um, I might be biased because I I studied architecture but it literally teaches you about life you know trying to be more em- empathetic uh, the empathy is very important which i think now you know the designers this is my personal opinion based on my observation on and also what i've read and seen we tend to like i mean designers we have this obviously one thing is ego we tend to dictate you know when we di- we're designing Actually, to like, I'm I'm more pro. Say for example, so you're supposed to follow this, but forget about the wisdom and and also the empathy bits. I would say, so once you become more empathetic, I would say it's easier for you to actually navigate yourself with that project and also try to, you know, design better lah. You know, that will somehow give you. I would say better, better design lah. Yeah, yeah. Dialogue and conversation, as you mentioned just now. Yeah. Okay, uh, Paul. <laughs> maybe we will have more dialogues and conversation after this. Uh, sure, I would love to. Free, you know, uh, obviously this uh, CM, uh, not CM, but MCO uh, situation in Malaysia. We could not uh, be sitting in a cafe uh, yeah. drinking coffee, talk, yeah. like we wanted to. But I thank you so much for sharing with us, taking your time mm-hmm. and sharing with us your thoughts thank and you ideas. So and um, I'm sure we, a lot of people is getting something out of this. And so thank you so much, Paul. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shatan Yazati, for inviting me. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.